Hey, Deviants. Thank you for tuning in to We We Say Say Weird Weird Shit. To another awesome episode of We Say Weird Shit. We are your humble hosts. My name is Dave. And I'm Liz. And with us today is Bailey Reber. Hello, Bailey. How are we today? Hey, I'm good. A little wet. It's a little soggy here in Houston today, but otherwise good. (laughs) Ah, Texas. Oh, man. I'm... uh, I'm not envying the heat that you guys get. I'm just going to put that out there. We live in Ohio, so it's a little more brisk. Eh. Not much. (laughs) Not right now, anyway. Oh, I'm sure it's it's better than here, though. Well, we wake up to 50 degrees, like, around this time of year. But then it, like, makes its way up to, like, 80, 90 degrees later in the day. It's really great for allergies. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So why don't you give us a little bit about yourself there, Bailey? Sure. Um, So I host my own podcast as well. Um, It's called Distressed to Joyful Bailey's Way. So what it's about is um, my journey with um, mental health and most specifically with bipolar 2 disorder. Uh, I was diagnosed when I was 16 and it wasn't a great uh, beginning. (laughs) The first eight years were very, very rough and I struggled a lot. And so the podcast came about uh, two and a half years ago, actually. Um, and it's me recounting my journey from all the struggles to where I am now, because I'm really happy to say that I'm no longer struggling and I've found a better way to manage my emotions, manage my bipolar disorder, and just to find happiness in life. And so something I just really didn't think I was going to ever have. (laughs) So, um, it's very raw, very vulnerable. Um, you know, it's, I talk about a lot of things that uh, it's kind of freeing. (laughs) So, because I just get on topics that, you know, most people just shy away from, especially because it's mental health and so many people shy away from that to begin with. So, yeah. Um, So, the the podcast, was that an idea to just kind of control those disorders or did you just kind of fall into it and you said, wow, this is actually really helping me? So it started out because for years, people had told me I need to have a podcast just because I never stopped talking. And so (laughs) that's where the whole idea of a podcast came. (laughs) And then finally, I decided to like, I was like, okay, you know, that's not a bad idea. But what should I talk about? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was really important to focus on mental health and bringing about more awareness and trying to help squash some of these really terrible stigmas. And so that's where all of that began. And I'm telling you at first, like my first episodes, oh, I I do not go back and listen. They're just so cringy (laughs) because it's just awkward (laughs) trying to figure things out. And it's me, you know, being vulnerable, but not comfortable with being vulnerable yet. I was definitely telling my Mm -hmm. story. I was definitely being real, but it was more of like cringing as I'm speaking into the mic. 
But as you kind of like led into, it's become a lot more um, therapeutic actually and just freeing because now it's, Mm -hmm. I I just put it out there and it, you know, it might, you know, freak some people out, but whatever it's there and there's no dirty laundry. There's nothing you can find about me that I haven't already just disclosed myself. So (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I uh, was going to say um, that's probably therapeutic to get on and talk like that. And I mean, I know like we don't kind of deep dive into, you know, topics like that, but I mean, we do a little bit and it is, it is kind of freeing just, you know, having that conversation. And so I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of it has to do with the mood we're in too. Like uh, last, uh, last season we put out a, an episode called the loss of loved ones, which came about right after I lost my dad. And mm-hmm. I mean, we say, you know, like the, the name of the show is we say weird shit, but it used to be called memoirs of a modern marriage. Um, till people got kind of got the wrong idea about what it was about. And Uh I mean, it started off one way, but it ended up another way. It's just kind of (laughs) like how our entire podcast episodes are. We start off Mm -hmm. doing one thing and then it just turns into a whole other thing. And, um, but we just, it's at the time, you know, what's on our mind and it is quite therapeutic, uh, in a manner of speaking. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I also have been reading that you have your own, you're a fashion designer. Yes. So I'm currently in school for that. Um, Right now I'm at a community college here in Houston, but I do plan to eventually transfer to um, FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. So um, that's been a dream of mine since I was a senior in high school, so over a decade now. And (laughs) it's finally going to come into fruition, which is really great. But I've been dabbling in um, freelance work and like little like children's clothes and stuff from my Etsy shop um, on my own. And that's it's really fun. I enjoy it and I'm seeing progress and I'm excited to continue. That's awesome. Um, Well, in New York, too. I mean, if you can if you could start designing in New York. Yeah, you're going to make it big at that point. Like, that's just the way it is. You move to a big old city like New York. I mean, Houston's good, too. Don't get me wrong. I've been to Houston once or twice in my day. But, uh, yeah, you go to New York, just leave Texas and Texas. That's all that, That's all I'm going to yeah. say if you've never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I plan to. I, I'm not the average Texas girl at all. So <laughs> I, I truly think I'm going to fit in a lot better in New York. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, New York, like Texas, they love guns in Texas, but New York doesn't love guns. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's, there's it's all apples that kind of and stuff. oranges. Oh no, um, and because in New York they're so blunt and so honest with you up front, and that's just who I am yeah. as I, as it is. And sometimes it freaks people out around here, and I have to remind myself to tone it down a bit because it's you know it's Texas. I can't be right. doing that with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. New York. Um, I've been in New York and I'll be honest with you. It's not for me because I am just, yeah, I, everybody out there is not just blunt, but they're outspoken too. They go out of their way to ruin your fucking day out there. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it's, it, it's a whole new planet on New York. I love it. But I, but I don't. I, I love it from a distance. Yeah, yeah, I get that. 
It's one of those things where um, you can either love it and you dive right all it, on into it, or you're just like, ah, every so often, <laughs> a little nibble, that's a good enough. <laughs> right. I might go like to a, like a, a outside of the city just to kind of look in a little, but no, I've, never again, never again. I, my my band played at CBGB back when it was still open back in the day. I don't even and, know what um, that is, but... <laughs> It's, it sounds uh, cool. It's one of like it's one of like um, the highly known punk clubs. Oh, there were fun. it was uh yeah, it's where like the Ramones got their start and the Misfits got you know played out there a few times. Agnostic Front. Um, when the Sex Pistols came over, they played there. I mean, it's just like a historical punk club and i was fortunate yeah. enough to play there um and got stiffed and i will never ever go to new york again i was i was so scared because we're we're, we're walking down two blocks carrying like about i would say about ten thousand dollars worth of equipment while everybody's just staring at us <laughs> yeah it was a bad experience Uh-oh. for me <laughs> oh yeah but it was fun Oh yeah. No, I bet. You know, yeah. honestly, that kind of sounds like, um, the, the people who come to Houston and they get their cars broken into because they leave their bag on the seat. And I'm like, you guys, mm-hmm. like this is Houston. You can't leave anything, even headphones. You can't leave shit in your car because someone will see it and they will break in. And it's the dumbest yeah. thing. And I see people do it. And I'm like, you're not from here. You don't know what's up. <laughs> 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 I think I think when I went to Houston last time, I saw about three separate cars up on bricks, like up on blocks with all the tires missing, <laughs> like in three different yep. places. It was the strange. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so outside of our apartment the other day. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where we have this saying about Houston. It's half hood and half good. And so the problem is that the hood and the good are all mixed together. And so mm-hmm. there's no zoning laws at all in this city. It's the I think it's the only major city in the US that doesn't have any zoning laws. So you'll have this nice nice neighborhood and then next to it you'll have a not so nice neighborhood and it just the sometimes the people in the not so nice neighborhood will just run rampant with Stealing tires. They'll steal the whole car. Um, We actually saw someone the other day, just three days ago, with their car on the bricks. And we're like, oh, we didn't think that that happened in our neighborhood, but we were wrong. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, that 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 that's exciting. I don't know if I could. I mean, when we when I moved to Akron um, at that point now, I've been to a lot of big cities. But at that point, this was the biggest city that I have lived in. Um, and like Liz is like, oh yeah, you need to stay away from this area. That's hood. You need to stay away from that area. That's hood. And I'm like, you know where I I come from, right? Like I've been to hood before. It's like, it's not that scary. And I think being in an, in an area like that hood and good, like, together (laughs) i think that intimidates me because like the rich people are right next to the not rich people and oh my god yeah they must have fun 
it threw you off when you moved to Akron because like you can be going down the street and it's in a very nice neighborhood. You go to the next block. It's a terrible neighborhood for, you know, a few blocks and then boom, you're right back into another good neighborhood. So it's kind of mm-hmm. mixed here too. <laughs> a oh, little wow. bit. Yeah. A little bit. But mm-hmm. Ohio is mostly cornfields and then you get a few cities peppered in. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um when you started doing your um like fashion design was that just some, something that you've always wanted to do or did you just like one day you're like you know what i'm gonna watch a youtube video and i'm gonna see if i can just do this and then you found out you were good at it because i'll tell you what i have learned i'm good at a lot of things at first <laughs> and then i just yeah, give up yeah <laughs> so, um, it actually all started when I was really young. My Nana, so first of all, I was in Girl Scouts. And so we did all the sewing and camping and all that stuff all those years. But I really liked sewing. And so my Nana started putting me in these little, like they're called kids college classes. I don't even know if they still exist, but the community college in my hometown every summer would have two weeks where you take your kids and drop them off and they pretend they're in college and go take classes, but it's like crafting and cooking and sewing and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I just found that sewing was what I love to do. And I always would make little purses and, oh, I made the ugliest stuff. Like I remember Oh, looking back on some of that shit when I was younger, but <laughs> now, yeah. So then high school, I decided, okay, like purses and little things are cool and all, but like clothes aren't that hard, right? It can't be that hard. So I decided to start with skirts because skirts of all things are easy. It's just, it's flowy. There's elastic. I was like, it can't be that hard. And I actually was good at it. And so I Mm -hmm. just continued on and made, I think, 25 different skirts throughout high school. (laughs) A lot. Mm -hmm. Because that's just what was easy and I was good at that. And then I kind of, you know, took a – I didn't really take a break, but I hit a point where depression just, like, took over my life for a bunch of years and kind of just left the sewing machine in the dust. And then Mm -hmm. the pandemic came along and I was unemployed and had lots of free time. So I got back into sewing with the help of YouTube. I learned a lot of things during the pandemic because of YouTube. So (laughs) I thought it was funny you mentioned that. (laughs) But uh, my my partner, he noticed that I really, really was enjoying it. And he looked at me one day because with the unemployment stuff, just trying to figure out my life. I don't really know what I wanted to do. He's like, why don't you pursue fashion? And I kept saying, no, no, no. Like I didn't go to college. Like I I don't see myself as a college student, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, why not? And I was like, uh, I guess because other people never saw me as a college student. I don't really know. So he kind of convinced me to, you know, enroll. And that's why I'm in community college. And I'm really glad because I've gotten a lot further and I'm excited to continue going. But it's a it's like a yeah. long history <laughs> of me enjoying it. So, so would you say that this is something that uh, I don't know um, would eventually have happened anyway? Going to college and whatnot. No. I mean, or do you think the pandemic kind of brought that on? I think the pandemic, to be honest, because the pandemic really made me think, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? What do I want as a career? Like, I had no idea. I was, 
working in the medical field and then I wasn't and then I tried something else and didn't work out and then went back to the medical field and I do not like the medical field, especially after COVID. So oh, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, oh my God, the mask police in Texas. It was the worst too, because Greg Abbott is very fucking smart and decided to lift the ban on masks way too early. And the Texas medical <laughs> department said, no, no, no. So when you work in a medical office and everybody comes in, but Greg Abbott, I was like, he doesn't matter here. He doesn't make the rules in the medical field. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. that! Oh, you guys could not even imagine these people coming through fighting me because they will not put on a mask. And I'm like, you can't see your doctor then. And, oh, that was enough to say it's time for something else. <laughs> oh, I feel you. We haven't had like we haven't had the mask instituted in quite a while. But I mean, even here, like in the hospitals and doctor's offices, you still have to wear a mask. They won't let you in. So, I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous. You can't can't get past security. (laughs) You can't even get past security without Mm -hmm. a mask on these days. They'll hand you one and say you got to wear it in there. Mm -hmm. See, and Texas now. Yeah, they in the hospitals. Um, I don't know about the hospitals, but definitely doctors' offices. They're not, they're not making people wear masks anymore, which shocks me. Shocks me. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, and like no matter what political side people fall on, it doesn't matter. COVID still exists, you know. And the fact that they even made it political to begin with is beyond me. But hey. This ain't a political podcast, and I ain't going there. But um, thank you. I'll I'll go there. I think it's ridiculous, like how people are like, "Well, you're trampling on my rights because I have to wear this mask." Think about your fellow, like mankind. Like, come on, just be considerate for five fucking minutes. I mean. When it first started and they were just simply like, wash your hands. And people are like, you can't tell me to wash my hands. You're disgusting. Wash your fucking hands. <laughs> you're, an, you're an adult. Oh right? my you God. should know to wash your fucking hands anyway. <laughs> but, but yeah, never mind all of that. I mean, I don't envy anybody in the medical That's my political rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think they're getting paid enough for what they have to deal with. No. Um. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you know, yeah, kudos for getting out of that because honestly, it's I think it's too much for anybody like to have to deal with that. Like, it should just be a thing, yeah. like without question. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? no, yeah, I agree. And you know, that's so. My partner, he's from India, and so he's been in the United mm-hmm. States for little over five years now, but his family still lives over there. And they were just so shocked as to why America could not wear a goddamn mask and go places without causing mm-hmm. problems. Cause in India, they, they were li- literally like, you could not leave your home. They were locked down curfews and yeah. like, it was insanely like insane compared to here where people are crying about putting mm-hmm. a mask on your face, but you can freely walk around and do what you want. Like, Ugh. Yeah. There was a yeah, there was a meme he saw which I I just we just both were dying over. It said that um, they should have told Americans that the masks protect yourself, not other people, so that way they would do it because <laughs> cuz like what yeah. you were saying Liz, yeah. Nobody cares about everybody else here. They care about themselves. So, <laughs> right. yeah. 
I think, yeah, I think we're just kind of brought up to, to believe that. I mean, even in school, I don't know if you remember, you know, early on where you were taught that America was the best country on earth and nobody was better than us. And I mean, so that just goes to <laughs> self-preservation, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of friends now um, because of this podcasting gig. I have a lot of friends that live in other countries just, you know, and I talk to them on a regular basis. And one of them is actually right here from Akron. Um, but that was just a coincidence. I didn't know him before he left. Um, but he was telling me how different it is over there in Norway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Than no, here, it's funny you say you Norway. Know? I have a really close friend who lives in Norway. So that's what a coincidence, but keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, this guy, he's like, I mean, this, he's a podcaster too, you know, and his voice is as smooth as butter. Like, this is the kind of guy that if you listen to his podcast, it better be like right before you go to bed because you're going to have the sweetest dreams. His voice is just so smooth. <laughs> but um, he uh, he was telling me that over there, like, it, they're so considerate of their fellow person. So much so that, like, you know, well, first off, they hardly ever have violence over there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you have to have a yeah. special license to carry a gun. And even then, you cannot present your gun until you are within a club and a range. And it's a it's a whole thing. Um, but, like, I think I saw an article where somebody, like, held up a gas station with, like, a sword or something or, like, a bow and arrow. It was the – yeah, but that was – yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of violence they have over there, and it's once in a very, you know. Um, so that's how much they think of each other rather than themselves. And then here in the States, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about Second Amendment and all that. That has nothing to do with, like, my political beliefs. It's just I believe that we should be able to defend our home, and that's it. Um, but, like, I've noticed that over here, especially here in Ohio, they had just passed the constitutional carry. And like, I have never seen so many people just out of nowhere for no reason, getting shot just for no reason. Nobody gives a shit about anybody over here in the States. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not just COVID it's everything, you know, everybody's worried about themselves and, Liz is always worried about me and I'm always worried about Liz, but like, you know, and I worry about other people too. I don't, I can't see the way other people do, you know? Well, I I think it's certain, certain presidents have made it (laughs) where, you know, it's sorry. Political. It's. Um, Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you can see that. (laughs) There's been a decline in, I mean, humanity, and it was okay. It was just given a pass. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. 
there you go. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, back to what time. you said, though, in schools, like we were raised to think that America was the greatest. And that's where the whole problem starts. It's because when you mm-hmm. are teaching children that you live in the greatest country on earth, then you think that you're above everybody else. And then that becomes more exactly. of a personal thing. And it becomes part of your identity that, oh, I'm better than everybody else. I don't need to care about this guy over here because I'm what I'm what matters like from a young age so yeah, yeah. oh keep yeah. it non-political yeah, it, yep <laughs> I, was, in, I mean it's all you, indoctrination and uh, uh, you know other countries laugh at us because of how we I mean I'll read those articles about like why we hate American tourists and I'm like this is this is how we're projecting ourselves to everybody <laughs> like we're a joke <laughs> oh i know so. like when i when we travel like the only country i've been to since covid was india but and thankfully like i'm learning part of the language so they looked at me differently they they looked at me as like not mm-hmm. a dumb american <laughs> but it's one of those things it's like oh yeah i'm american and it, now it almost feels like it's like a negative thing to say which previously it mm-hmm. was like you, that's what you wanted. Everybody wanted, you know, you wanted yeah. to be known as that. And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm from America. Please don't harass me. <laughs> um, when I was a baby, my dad was in the military and he was stationed in Germany. And so we moved over there and we lived in an American apartment building, but it was off base. And over there, you can just let your dogs go to the bathroom and you don't have to clean it up. Well, because it was an American building, Everybody would let their dogs shit all over the building. And I'm like, yes. And that was in the 80s. That was in the 80s, you know. So it just kind of goes to show you people, you know, how they feel about us. (laughs) So. Um, Wow. Going back to going back (laughs) to your relationship. uh, Do you mind speaking on that a little bit? No, I do not mind. He might mind, but it's too bad he's not here. So, <laughs> yeah, he's not on the podcast. Just saying. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm of the belief, um, just from a lot of um, people that I've met who are Indian, um, their families are very, very, very strict about who they marry. Um, you know what kind of. Uh, what kind of person the girl is, you know, uh, I know some of, in some of the, uh, some parts of India, they, they have almost, or kind of like a, uh, a, what's that called? Where, where they pick your wife for you, basically. Arranged marriage. Um, marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has that affected your relationship? Like, so I, Yeah. So I'm very fortunate because I do know that that is a massive problem with a lot of Indian families. Um, And a lot of it is because with their culture, they want to preserve their culture. And so they only want their sons to marry Indian girls or the daughters to marry Indian guys, vice versa. And so... For me, like I said, I just got lucky because um, my partner, his name is Monish and his parents, uh, this is not when I say this word, I do not mean it political whatsoever, but I call them liberal Indians because they just don't give a fuck. Like they don't. And mm-hmm. I've never, 
ever heard of Indian parents being so chill and just wanting their kids to be happy and never forcing anything on their kids. They never forced mm -hmm. religion on their kids. They never forced um, specific educations. They never forced um, vegetarianism, even though his mom is completely vegetarian and we actually are now, which is ironic. <laughs> but um, like they've just always been in the mindset of we don't care who you marry just as long as you're happy and as long as she knows that one day we're going to come live with you guys. And that was like their only stipulations. So, because I don't know if you know this about so, Indian culture, but go ahead. You, yeah, no, I was, I was like, just you have a question say, about that. I, I actually know what you're going to say, where you basically take care of the parents. Bingo. Mm -hmm. so, so, so lucky. <laughs> actually, I, I mean, mean, so. There has to be a lag. I'm I've sorry. I've had a great relationship with. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. But, um, you know, that at first it does kind of sound like it might be a bit of a burden, but I did not have a great relationship with my parents whatsoever growing up to where I don't even talk to them anymore. It's been years and I don't know if I ever will get to a point where I can have a relationship with them again. It's just been so broken. Mm -hmm. And so for them to come in, I'm totally going to tear up. <laughs> um, they have been, they've kind of like stepped in as like a parental figure for me in a way that I just never even imagined, especially with them being from India, still living there currently. And so that from day one, like Monish has let me know since we started dating two and a half years ago that one day they're going to move in. And I'm like, that's fine. I love your parents. Like I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. They have been so supportive of me and all the things that I want to do in ways that my family never was that it does mm -hmm. kind of sound like it might be a burden since we're not used to that here in American culture. But for me, I'm like, yeah, please come live here so I can have show and tell every day <laughs> and tell you what I'm doing and you to say you're proud of me. Like that's something that I just really love and that they they mm -hmm. shower with me with from India. So if they do that in my home, great. I'm happy. <laughs> that's actually that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like you, you, you went over to the V side anyway, huh? The v, uh, vegetarian. I did. Yeah, both of us did. So, mm -hmm. okay. Um, was that like a just a decision based on um, like, you know, beliefs or was that a decision based on you're just tired of the way meat makes you feel or, you know, um, or or is there another reason? I, you know, I'm actually kind of curious. So I'm going to pick option C and it's another reason. And this one gets people every time, but we, we decided to become vegetarians because we watched a Netflix documentary. <laughs> so yeah. And I've seen many, many, many different Netflix documentaries, but we watched the one called the game changers. Have y'all seen it? Mm -mm. I haven't no. Now. Okay, so they, what they do in the Game Changers is they take athletes, like Olympic athletes, um, people who are trying to set like the heaviest lifting records, all kinds of stuff, and they put them on vegan diets just to see, and then test their performance before and after. And mm -hmm. they also did a bunch of research. The Roman gladiators apparently were all um, plant-based diet eaters, that kind of thing. So we decided, we actually talked about this on our very first date, which is super random. And then a year later, we're like, hey, let's do vegan January, like dry January, you know, where we just don't mm -hmm. eat any 
we just eat vegan the whole month of January. And then from there, we were just gonna thinking we were going to be pescatarian because I love seafood. He loves sushi, which I also enjoy. But then a week after vegan January, after we cleansed our bodies for a whole month, I ate sushi and I've had the worst pain in my stomach I've ever had in my entire life. And so I haven't touched meat since. <laughs> yeah. Vegan January. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to give Liz an idea. She's been trying to get me to go vegan for a very long time. A um, vegetarian. Are you yeah. vegetarian? I've been a vegetarian. I've been off and on my life throughout my life, starting in high school, and I was a vegan for a while. And so um, I had like the PETA magazine, so I've seen some pretty disgusting stuff. So like I do really struggle with things. <laughs> No, but, I got you. So is yours more because of like the, the animal side of it or so what? Yeah. That's what, okay. Yeah. And my mom was like, my mom was like very funny about it too. Like if we were eating dinner, you couldn't talk about animals because it made her sick. And, you know, it just, it bothered her because you couldn't say anything about cows if we were having steak. So I think I inherited that. <laughs> so it does, it bothers me. And like, even, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian now. I really wish I could. I just don't have that discipline that I had when I was younger. But I mean, everything that I own, you know, like vegan leather purses, shoes. So, I mean, yeah. I was trying to convince Dave. I was trying to convince Dave to just not eat meat, but... See, I'm going to tell it. you this right now, and this is just because I've never gone more than a week without eating meat. And sometimes I will actually like meet Liz in the mid middle and have vegetarian meals with her and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But if you cut me completely off of animal, um, you will turn on National Geographic one day and just see me running naked through a field. <laughs> until I plow into the side of a fucking like zebra and just fucking eat the side out of it. <laughs> so a few years ago, Dave did want to do like a week of vegetarian meals just to kind of reset his system. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, now's my time to shine. I've got stuff that we can get. Well, <laughs> um, this one sun for Sunday dinner I made, it was called like um, field loaf. And it looked like a roast, but it was vegetarian. And um, I'm like, don't look at the ingredients. Don't look, don't, I'll tell you what's in it after, you know, we eat. So he's eating and I'm like, do you like it? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I really, you know, it's not bad. And I'm like, there's moss in that. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm eating moss. That's disgusting. <laughs> So oh, wow. Wait, so he was yeah. in the middle of eating it when you told him about the moss? He said it was good. I made sure he was okay with it before I told him. And then I told to him. To be fair, I finished it. I did finish it. Okay, I was just about to ask. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. I did finish it. Uh I'm not a man that likes to leave food laying around, so it's fine. Um but uh <laughs> Yeah, going back to Liz's mom, uh, I used to talk about it just knowing that it made her sick. I used to just say stuff every <laughs> once in a while just because just I knew that, you know? Like, I'd be like, man, I wonder what this one's name was or something like that. And then she would, like, she would pipe off with, she like, oh, 
don't do it. Don't, no, no. <laughs> don't talk about that. <laughs> she would get very, I mean, my mom was like very, like, would get sick, like, when it came to that. So, I oh, mean, wow. one time when we were kids, she like got mad. She like threw a fork. She was like, I'm done. You know, so. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. No, I'm like, that's intense. The the whole animal side of it, unfortunately, that never, you know, tugged a string for me. I, I mean, I live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Come on. But right. <laughs> yeah. Your main it resource was, is cattle. <laughs> bingo. Bingo. But the thing for me was I cleansed my body, like you were saying with Dave doing mm-hmm. that. And so when I went back and tried to, and I had that, like the moment where it was not bad sushi i know for a fact because monish and i shared it and he was totally fine but mm-hmm. like you liz he grew up be- eating vegetarian on and off like he'd go a month without eating meat and then have some meat and then mm-hmm. go a long period without meat so his body is used to going back and forth mine has never ever not had meat until vegan january so I kind of got lucky. I said, because otherwise had I not been traumatized by my stomach, not liking the sushi, I'd already be a meat eater again. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then every once in a while we will, we'll order from like a, an Indian joint around here actually. Um, and the first time Liz, Liz got me this plate and it was like, I don't know. Like it wasn't Indian. It, it was Greek. Oh, Ooh. Greek. Okay. All right. Either way. Way different, but still was, good. <laughs> yeah. He didn't either like, way. It he didn't like, like it um, because he said everything was just paste. Because it was like a sampler of like hummus and baba ganoush and stuff. And he, and like we finished. Like, I'm like, oh, really- that was really good. That was really good. And Dave's like, I'm still hungry because I just ate a bunch of paste. <laughs> Like, like here, let, let, let's, you know, let's wrap this, I don't know, falafel in a fucking grape leaf and, uh, you could dip it in, you could dip it in this weird paste over here and yeah, it's just, it's too much. And to be honest with you, so I do the majority of the cooking in our house. Um, and I will say this, another big reason that I won't go vegetarian is because if if we have to buy pre-made shit, it's going to be way more expensive, which relies heavily on me um, actually making these things. And I'm just not that dedicated. Like, I might throw, like, a, a, a fucking pepper in the oven and say, dinner served. There you go. <laughs> it's a uncut roasted yeah. pepper. Yeah, no, I get that because we it and that's the thing is like because we did it for a whole month and like we planned out the whole month from there, like we collected so many recipes and all of that. And we found some that were super easy, super quick. He's he's Indian. So, you know, he's got a slew of vegetarian recipes up his sleeve. Well, his mom does, not Mm -hmm. him. But (laughs) so. That kind of thing, but you're right. It is. It takes dedication. It takes. It takes discipline, um, and it also takes mm-hmm. more money if you're going to buy prepackaged stuff or stuff stuff that's already prepared. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of the things. And eating out too, because sometimes it's cheaper to eat out vegetarian, but sometimes it's not. So 
<laughs> and salads. I just I can't do salads. Not often. Um, the other day I had a grilled chicken salad. I mean, it had to have meat in it, and um, I don't like lettuce. Why like, don't you like? I just, <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. He says um, it's too wet. Yeah, it's yeah, too but wet. But you put it's dressing too- on it. <laughs> And lots of it. This, uh, this is what I married. This is what completely. I married. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know, right? Um, it's weird. I know. Um, I just don't like lettuce. I don't know if it's like a texture, n- not necessarily a texture thing, but like there's just something about it that makes me itch. You know what I mean? Ooh. Not like physically itch, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be an allergy. That would be different than a dislike. (laughs) Wait, can I do that? Can I say I'm allergic to it? And see, I was raised eating salads for dinners. You know, my mom would make us big salads and that's what we'd have. And Dave's like, that's not dinner. That's that's a starter. That's like an appetizer. So I literally had (laughs) that's what your food eats. (laughs) I'm like, I had a salad for dinner tonight, so. (laughs) And see, I wasn't raised that way. My mom wasn't like, my mom wasn't as caring about our well-being as her mom was for hers. As far as like nutrition and stuff like that. Um, My mom was the type of person that was like, you know, fend for yourself for dinner. So whatever canned good that we had or ramen noodles that we had or whatever food that we had, we made for ourselves. Um, The occasion was like Thanksgiving, Christmas, stuff like that, where she would make everything. Um, But I wasn't raised up around that. So that's not really what I'm acclimated to. I will, however, eat a salad if it's made with a uh, spinach base. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you though. Cause growing up, my mom, she didn't cook. If she cooked, it was, um, frozen. It came from a box or y'all like, I literally thought mashed potatoes came from a box until I was 23 (laughs) when I was 23. Yeah, it was bad. Like it was so bad. I was dating this Russian guy and I was at his house and he was making dinner and he's peeling potatoes and putting them into a pot of boiling water. And I asked him what he was doing. And he said he was making mashed potatoes. And I said, what? And he's like, what do you mean? What? And I was like, you're, you're, you're actually like boiling potatoes and mashing them. He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought they just came from a box. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> 23 oh, years just old. A dehydrated First potato. Time. Yeah. That's amazing. And another, another amazing thing is, is like the guy was Russian and the guy you're with now is Indian. You just don't like American dudes at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then the one in between was Mexican. So (laughs) it happens. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, you know what? I'm with you. Like she's German, but not really. I mean, she's German, but um, no, I, I, I get you a hundred percent. The dudes here suck. Um, so yeah, kudos to you, man. Yeah, they do. And, and I have a really strong personality and that scares American men. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Europeans, yeah. Indians, they're fine with that. That does not bother them. But American men, if, if you got a bigger personality than them, they like freak out and they panic and they run away. So 
Well, yeah, I would imagine, nice. especially like, especially in Texas too. You know, I think like, you know, oh, yeah, southern men kind of have. Texas. Southern men tend to have that like you know, little wife kind of mentality. Yep. So <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, women are supposed to sit down and be quiet and be seen, not heard, and not make everybody else mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable. And I do the exact fucking opposite, and so. <laughs> <laughs> yep, here we are with another foreigner. That's what it is. <laughs> oh no, kudos to you, man. Like, I don't blame you one bit. Like we were talking about earlier, man, Americans suck. They do. Like, you know, so if you found what you're happy with, kudos. You know, you I'll tell you what, I wish more people thought that way. Like, you know. I, I just, always uh, say I'm a self loathing American, so Ooh, I, I like that. <laughs> I might have yeah. to steal that. That's I'm good. A stereoty- yeah. I'm a stereotypical <laughs> American. I eat cheeseburgers. Che- <laughs> cheeseburgers and french fries and... Drive around in my <laughs> Ford. Oh, God. That's a um, Texas. You do have a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I have a Ford car, not a truck. It's oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's what makes you American because it's a car, and then if it's a truck, it'd be Texan. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so um, <clears throat> now I know at some point Texas was talking about seceding from the United States and just becoming its own country. Wasn't that fairly recently? Yeah, and it was the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So, I mean, (laughs) y'all see how the freeze affected Texas last year when it froze? Yeah, Houston had snow for multiple days in a row. Like, I've never seen. Like, nobody's ever seen. Everybody ran out of electricity. We didn't have water for four Mm -hmm. days. We had electricity, thankfully, because we're on the grid with a a fire station, so we were fine. But (laughs) other people were just... (laughs) Yeah, these people were freezing in their homes and they're like, oh, yeah, Texas is on its very own electricity grid, meaning that it can't take electricity from other states because it decided to be on its own. And I'm like, oh, and you guys wanted to secede and always be on our own. That was a great idea. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, I think that's something that a lot of people didn't consider is uh, you secede from the United States, then immediately you become a traitor. And we cut off traders. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Mexico yeah. would be like, I will take you back. <laughs> right? <laughs> I bet they would, too. I bet they would. Like, Alamo is ours again. We're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to uh, Texas. What was that? In 2019? In, yeah. like, November 2019. And I was expecting it to be, like, sweltering hot and it was freezing down there it was colder in uh dallas than it was here it was so cold i was not expecting that oh wow yeah dallas does get a little bit colder houston will have like a week of cold and then it's hot again but yeah that's Mm -hmm. shocking to hear that dallas is colder than ohio wow (laughs) in november yeah november is traditionally a little chilly here so Traditionally, traditionally a little chilly. We start seeing snow in November. Yeah, I've, I've trick or I've trick or treated in the snow here. So, oh, 
babe, I remember when wow. um, we were kids, it would be at the end of September that we would start seeing our first snow snowfall. Sometimes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's insane. We did an Easter egg hunt one year in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it. it's, I'll tell you what, like, now it's, it's weird because I don't, I don't buy into the whole, you know, global warming thing, but I have noticed that it's shifting. The, you know, the weather is shifting from mm-hmm. when I was a kid mm-hmm. till now. Um, I'm, well, I don't say I don't buy into it because it has happened over the course of Earth's history. You know, I mean, with mm-hmm. like, I, I think they found like three separate ice ages and, wow. you know, um, yeah, I mean, so it's it's not something that is... It's not something that's new. It's just humans kind of speed things up with the industry. Yep. Um, and, uh, but from when I was a kid till now, I've noticed a huge change in the weather. Like now the summers are getting exponentially harder or harsher, mm-hmm. you know, and the winters, they're getting like not colder, but they're, they're getting shorter. Um, we, we would, when we were kids, uh, Liz and I, cause we're both from the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, we would see during the winter time, almost always snow on the ground. Almost yeah, from always. like start to finish. Yeah. And now, now it's less. we see, now we see maybe four snows, four good snows per winter, you know? And it usually starts wow. in January. Yeah. It well, wow. it, I mean, we've even made jokes about like not having a white Christmas this year because you know it would be cold, but there'd be no snow on the ground. Yeah, do, do you remember our first Thanksgiving? And we had Thanksgiving at our house, and it was like 90 degrees outside. That's yeah. we had Texas our air conditioning on, <laughs> yeah, it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a Texas Thanksgiving. You put on your, and that's a Texas Christmas, too. It's like you put on your sweaters just mm-hmm. for the picture, and then you rip them off immediately because it's 90 degrees outside on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it never got any hotter when we were kids than, like, 90, maybe 95 degrees, and that was, like, at its highest. Uh, heat index would be, like, 110, and then they would tell you to stay indoors, you know? Yeah. Now, now it can easily hit, hit 100 no problem. And like, it's business as usual. They don't tell you to do nothing. They just, you know, all right, go to work. (laughs) Yeah. Recently, I think the highest temperature it hit back in July was, it was either 105 or 107. And that was the actual Mm. high for the temperature, not including the heat index from all the humidity. So, yeah. Yeah. That was not happening when I was a kid. And you're surrounded yeah. by ocean, so that heat index has got to be fucking way up there. Like, we have Lake Erie close to us. Um, we have Lake Erie close to us, and that's about it. I mean, our heat index pro- still maxes out between, you know, 100, 110 tops. I was going to say, it kills me because I'm I'm like a vampire. I want it to be ice cold, dark. My aunt lives in Arizona, and she's like, you should come visit us. And I'm like, it is 123 degrees, woman. I will die. 
Like I will like disintegrate. <laughs> You'll evaporate in the air. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Just <God>. dust. <laughs> When I was traveling, I was traveling through Arizona once, um, and uh, this is the experience that I had in Arizona. We were on our way to Anaheim, California, and we had to go through Arizona. And uh, when we hit that, when we hit Arizona, we got into the desert, and I popped three of four of my tires, three out of the four of my tires, on the highway. Um, then we had to, yeah, it, it was just so fucking hot, my car couldn't handle it. And we went to a uh, a service center to get them fixed, and um, I couldn't understand a word the guy was saying because he was, you know, he he was Mexican, so, and I'm not fluent in Spanish, so I just I was like, I need those changed, and then he charged me money, and I went on my way, and it was a lot of money, um. But that was the experience that I had in Arizona, and I don't ever want to go back. Um, I we're just not built for that. <laughs> we're just not built for it. Even my car yeah. won't even be able to handle it. I can't see, imagine all that snow like y'all were talking about because I mm. never grew up in any of that, and so I'm built for the heat. Like I've been to Arizona. Yeah. I liked it. It was a dry heat. I was like, this is great. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what they tell me. They're like, oh, no, you're, you're, you'll be fine. It's a dry heat. And I'm like, it's still heat, though. Like, um, last winter, we had two blizzards back to back. And uh, the first one, the um, I drive a, a Kia Sportage. The snow was up over my bumper. I was stuck in our driveway. So... I, I will wow. take that. I will take that over 123 degree heat. <laughs> Ain't it? Yeah, Ain't I'm it. like, oof. I'm not here for that snow. No. Well, you know, Liz and I, <laughs> we, Liz and I, um, she, I'm the same way she is. If you can't see my breath when I'm going to sleep, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Mm-mm. Okay, I do get that. I do get that because yeah. we usually keep it, uh, you know, 68 or 69 degrees in the house when we sleep because we just can't. And then mm-hmm. during the daytime, it'll be we won't put it higher than 73 usually because if you put it higher than that, then it's going to take so much to come back down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but no, it's got to be ice cold when I'm sleeping, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, in the winter, we'll is. open our bedroom window it, overnight to sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome awesome we've we've talked about like you know how like people when they retire they go warmer we're like we should go colder we're like let's go to like maine i I was thinking borrow alaska because at least in borrow alaska like there's only one way in and out you're cut off from the rest of the world you're in this nice little bowl at the top of alaska and you're Everything's aces. Do you know how many people are abducted by aliens in Alaska? I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too heavy for the aliens to pick me up. It's fine. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Hmm. That tractor beam. Know. <laughs> They've got technologies we don't know about. They could just scoop you up with something else. So. I mean, they turn cows inside out, and there's got to be a reason for that. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think they can lift them. I think that they just can't lift them, so they turn them inside out. It's fine. I'm cool with that. 
<laughs> and you know what? Aliens is another reason I won't go to Arizona. Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, what was that? Fire in the Sky? Was that in Arizona? <gasps> oh, yeah. No, I think that was, documentary, yeah. right? No, that's a movie. That's an actual oh. movie. Um, <clears throat> but it's based on a true story. Um, I think that was actually in Texas. Oh. oh, wait. I think I know what you're talking about now. I think I saw that somewhere recently in an article back to where that when that happened in like the 50s or 60s. Travis Barker, I think his name was. No, it was the 70s. No, no Travis oh, Barker. Isn't that the guy from Blink-182? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I was like, wait a second. <laughs> the drummer I was, I was hoping. God damn it, I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. No, Travis something. What's his fucking name? I don't know. Please, Travis Barker, don't sue me. Um, <laughs> or, or do. That'd make us famous. Come on. There you go. Hey, you know what? We can be like Nirvana, baby. We can be like Nirvana, baby. I'm like... They ain't gonna. They ain't gonna. They ain't gonna su- uh, support my 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 podcast. So uh, you know, w- whatever. I'm just gonna sue them for it. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Okay, I'm not suing anybody. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Travis. Uh, fuck. What's his name? Never mind. Um, I'll put it out on my social media sites. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. So, uh, we are nearing, well, actually we're, we're 55, we're 10 past. Hey, you've been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so normally we give our guests like a, um, you know, just a few minutes to kind of tell them what's going next, or what's going on with, with, uh, our guests next, uh, for our listeners and everything where they can find you. And we're also going to put your profile out on our website so people can easily find your socials and stuff like that. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and take the stage and tell us what's happening next for Bailey. Sure. Absolutely. So with my podcast, um, I am finishing out season three, which is still focusing a lot on just me talking about, um, what I've learned with bipolar disorder and a lot about what me, my partner have learned together actually, which has been super helpful, um, for both he and I and our, and our relationship, all three of us, (laughs) um, next year for 2023. Wow. That's already next year's 2023. Um, I'm going to start introducing guests on the show and we're going to talk more about other mental health issues instead of just bipolar disorder. So I'm really excited about that to bring people on for that. Um, And then in terms of my fashion design and all of that kind of stuff, uh, my Etsy shop, Bailey's Way Designs, uh, I've started uploading a lot of new items and I, the, like the biggest and most fun one that I've done so far that is the, like the bestseller is these little dog neckties that you put on their collars and they're just so cute and so fun. And I'm about to go crazy with doing all kinds of different colors and holidays and themes. And so I'm excited to start getting more things produced for that. And so, um, like I said, my Etsy shop, it's called Bailey's Way, Bailey's Way Designs. You guys can find me there. Uh, the podcast is Distressed to Joyful Bailey's Way. You can find that on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, all the works with the podcast platforms. And then for Instagram, it's Bailey's Way Designs. Uh, for the podcast, it is Distressed to Joyful underscore Bailey's Way. And then if you just search either of those on Facebook, you'll find my Facebook pages. Uh, I don't do TikTok. 
just going to leave that there. I'm not even going to say anything about that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's that's another story. But that's where you can find me. And then my website. Oh, yeah, I've got a website too. Hello. Um, it is, uh, it's what is heybalesdoing.com and heybales is H E Y. B-A-I-L-S. Um, the story behind that is my nickname is Bales, which is you know, short for Bailey. And somebody started years ago saying, hey, Bales, every time they saw me. And that just became a nickname. And so that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what my my personal Instagram is. And that's what my profile or my website is because I do a lot of things. And so it's a lot easier to just lump it up mm -hmm. under what am I doing versus trying to have a, a domain for every single thing. Cause that gets expensive. I'm cheap. <laughs> so. I feel it. And I feel it. Um, so it was super fun having you. Um, yeah. we have had a really good time. Um, maybe we can reconnect in the near future and see how you're doing with uh, all these new ventures. We'd love to have you back on. Uh, but I do have a quick question real fast. Um, based on what you said, those little dog neckties, very interested in those, just so you know, Okay. Um, do you do custom orders? I can. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. you, so yeah. So if there's anything you want specifically, you can just reach out to me. You've got my contact info. And if anybody's listening and wants anything custom made, find me on Instagram and DM me. Cause I'm happy to do custom stuff. Okay, cool. I feel like um, our dogs are going to have a whole bunch of neckties now. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. 100%. 100%. I work from I work from home sometimes, so then it would be like I have like little coworkers here with me. Love yes, it. exactly. <laughs> You're not alone. All of your coworkers are here, all dressed in their ties. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, kinda, I, I, I really dig that. So yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so everybody, again, thank you for tuning in, uh, Bailey. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, very busy life and awesome relationship to come and hang out with us for an hour. Um, until next time, we are your humble hosts. My name is Dave. And I'm Liz. And we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.